Hey One Hope, good morning and thanks so much for joining us again online today. Guys, we have an unusual morning this morning. What we felt as elders um, in the last few weeks, I preached two weeks ago from this text in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. And Paul goes on to describe what this church of people with gifts that have been equipped by these teaching gifts, what it looks like. And that's what I'm going to be speaking on next weekend on the 10th. Um, but Paul goes on to speak about these gifts and how beautiful it is this church becomes. And after I spoke on those gifts and we looked at Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, so many people contacted me with more questions and curious and unsure of the gifts and all sorts of different things. And we thought it would be a beautiful thing to stop and to have one hopers, people in our congregation that we recognize functioning in some of these gifts that we see listed um, in Corinthians and in Romans and in Ephesians, and to actually have them share some of their journey and some of their, their story. How did they know they had the gift? Um, what doubts do they have as they try to exercise this gift? What do they do to help prepare themselves to be used by this way, by God in this way? And I want to remind us that every single believer scripturally, has been given gifts. This is not an exclusive thing. This is not just a few gifted people in the church thing. This is every single one of us that is meant to be functioning in these gifts that are listed. And in many people, myself included, believe that there's even a bunch of other gifts that God just pours onto His church. Not for us. It's so that we get to build up the body. That's the purpose. These are serving gifts. They serve the body. Corinthians uses the word, the gifts for the common good. They for the whole body to be built up, functioning. And this is an exciting thing. And so as we come to these testimonies, let's pray. Father, thank you for your hand upon us. Thank you that even when Jesus was leaving and he spoke to his disciples, he says, I don't leave you as orphans. I'm sending one after me. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to come and to pour out power on you. And Father, we, we walk in these gifts, these Holy Spirit empowered gifts, right from, from the, the ordinary, just the ordinary everyday serving and administration and acts of mercy, right through to healing and miracles and things that we, we hardly ever see. But when we do, they just excite us so much. And we just praise you that, Holy Spirit, that you, you are the giver of all of these gifts. I pray that you'd affirm people in our congregation, Lord, that feel that they have no place that their gift is not needed, Lord, that you'd come and affirm that, that we need every single gift functioning. This is always the metaphor of Scripture, that every gift needs to function in order for the body to be healthy. And I pray that this morning you'd provoke us, you'd stir up gifts freshly in our hearts, that you'd remind some of us who know that we have gifts, but for years we've, we've laid them down and we haven't operated in them. Father, would you come and challenge us to bring our contribution again to the body of Christ, to this church, to One Hope. Father, I just want to thank you for this group of people that are listening this morning. And I ask that through your spirit, you work deeply in our hearts. In Jesus' wonderful and precious name, amen.
The first testimony this morning is from Nath Fisher. Some of you will know him from having preached online. Um, he also preached in our predestination when we were going through Ephesians and in some of the dating series. But Nath is a, is a guy that we see the gift of God on as he's an emerging teacher. We see a very obvious gift and he's in the early phases and I thought how great it would be to hear from him. Maybe you watching this morning and God's got his finger on your life to be a teacher or a preacher or an evangelist, any of these speaking gifts. And I hope that what Nath has to say really encourages you this morning. Morning everyone. Um, so this morning I'm going to share a little bit about uh, what I think is one of my giftings, which is um, teaching. And for me, this really started from, um, yeah, just from always wanting to learn. Um, I have a desire to learn new things and then want to teach other people those new things. And uh, God's really just has this like kind of desire in me to learn more about who He is, uh, to learn more about theology and better understand the Bible. Um, so that's something that I've always loved to do. And um, then just having that love for learning grow into a desire to, to teach other people. Um, and I've always really valued other people's teaching um, in my own life, um, whether it's through specific individuals or through books that I'm reading. So I've always had a desire to, and to want the opportunity to be able to teach other people. Um, so I think for me, kind of some of the initial stages of recognizing maybe that this was a gift that God had given me was through um, youth ministry and leading youth for a while and, and just getting opportunity weekly to um, unpack some of God's word and unpack some of who God is to young guys and girls. Um, and I think there was, there was quite a learning curve for me in those days because after a while I felt like um, a little bit of this thing of like, why aren't they using me to preach like um, in the pulpit or preach at church? And um, you know, when you're preaching uh, in youth, you're preaching to some of the hardest people that there that exists um, to preach to. So I felt well equipped, but um, I think it was just a quite a powerful season with God humbling me and calling me to be patient in a way um, and to dig deeper into the gifting before He calls me to express it um, more publicly through preaching. So that was just really such a significant moment for me. In more recent years, just leading life group and seeing some of that gift uh, again begin to come to the fore and, and just um, wanting to teach people, you know, just seeing people um, valuing kind of um, the teaching gift that I had and wanting to hear more. And um, so that was really encouraging for me and just seeing God's hand upon it in my life. Um, and then this kind of, uh, kind of ex expressed itself in a kind of greater degree with um, preaching recently and um, doing some teaching for that evening that we have on predestination and um, just really God taking me out of my comfort zone and calling me to express that gifting in a new level. I'm not a person who will naturally just kind of stand up in front of a lot of people and start talking. So it's very stretching for me to kind of do those moments um, and it takes a lot of effort and preparation uh, for me to feel kind of comfortable doing those. But what was really significant about it was just seeing God um, opening up, you know, new avenues for the gift to be expressed. And one of the biggest things I learned about it was just a dependence on God. Um, obviously, I learned tons about 
uh, preparing well and and sharing a, a good message and, and teaching people in a helpful way. But definitely the biggest thing was God taking me out of my comfort zone. And as I'm expressing that gift in that place where I feel totally ill-equipped, uh, just really feeling God there, God reassuring me and God providing me with um, the ability to to teach and to share. And I think one of the other significant parts of this is is really for me to begin to find my own feet in how that gift is expressed. And we kind of just naturally have a tendency to want to preach like a John Piper or a Charles Spurgeon, like we have this desire to be, um, to be someone like that. And I think for me, it was just coming to the understanding that God has a gifting for me and he has a specific way that he wants that gifting to be expressed. So it's just been, yeah, it's been powerful just coming to try and understand and almost some of the beginnings of wanting to understand how God wants me to express um, the gift of teaching. And the way that I really try and continue to cultivate it is is almost to continue to do what I did when I started and that continue to learn. Um, so that the more I can learn, the more I can um, teach other people around me. Um, but I really just remember significantly the, the moment of humbling, because I think for me, that's one of the most important things for uh, being in position of teaching or preaching is, is humbling yourself that that this is something that is, is a real honor and there's a weight upon it. And uh, if God uses you in it, it is such a privilege and uh, you should have a full dependence on, on him as you express that gifting. I just love how God is bringing through emerging young men and women. And I am so certain that there are so many more of you sitting watching this morning that God wants to begin to activate these gifts and that we're going to see massive fruitfulness from them in years to come. And so I want to encourage you from Nathan's testimony to begin investing. Did you notice how much investment is going on in his gift? I want to encourage each of you to begin thinking, praying and investing in your gift. The second person that we asked to share this morning is Warren. Warren is an older gentleman, if I can say it like that, who's been part of our story. Kate and I have known him since 2006. They were part of New Gen and led a life group there for, I think, 20, 21 or 22 years. They also knew in the One Hope story. Karen is now our administrator on staff, and so they've joined us. And Warren has an has a interesting mix of gifts from teaching and encouragement that I've experienced um, right through to the more unusual, which is interpret interpreting of tongues, even though he doesn't really speak in tongues himself. So I thought it was one of those gifts that, that really are helpful for us to understand. And so here's Warren to explain some of his experience of these moments. Good morning, One Hope. This is Warren. I am the husband of Karen and the father of Shana. And I'm here to speak to you about gifts. So I believe that many of you have gifts and uh, I would encourage you to go to 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12 and Ephesians 4 and read and pray and read and pray and ask God to show you what gifts He has given you because those gifts are not from man. It is not our own doing, our own skill. It is from the Holy Spirit. And God wants us to use these gifts to encourage and build up the church. And so I believe my gift is teaching and encouraging. I've used this for many years at Newgen as a Sunday school teacher and as a life group leader. Um, but God has also used me in the interpretation of tongues. Uh, 
tongues is one of those gifts that you read in 1 Corinthians 14 that many people are very scared of, uh, skeptical about, but yet God gives it to us. It is a gift of His. And so I've spoken in tongues uh, very rarely, but I've interpreted more. And this is a very daunting thing when you are standing in the congregation and suddenly your heart starts to pound. And you know, without a shadow of a doubt, God is speaking to you. And so this has happened to me. And the only way to overcome that fear and that doubt is to step out in faith and, and risk it. Because at the end of the day, it is about God. It's about edifying uh, the church. And so I'd encourage you, if you think you have the gift of tongues or the gift of interpreting tongues or any gifts, wisdom, knowledge, any of these gifts, speak to your life group leader, speak to myself if you like, speak to Paul, elders, anybody that you feel they can share with and uh, pray about it. And so I would encourage you, the Word of God. This is where we get all the knowledge we need and uh, the gifts are an amazing thing. They are gifts, they are free. We don't pay for it. We, we really have to just be faithful with what God gives us. And so, yes, there's been doubts. Many times you have a doubt that this is not of God, it is you, and uh, that is just a, uh, a tactic of the enemy to uh, dislodge you. So I would really encourage you, go for it. Be courageous. Take a chance. Take a step of faith. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing many more gifts being um, uh, used in the church for the building up of the church, God's church. And so see you guys on the 10th. Looking forward to that. Cheers for now. The next testimony I want to show you, there's so many people in our congregation that we could have used for this testimony because we have some amazing prayer warriors or some of you would use the word intercessors. These are people who seem to have a unique ability to go before God and access Him in prayer on behalf of others or on behalf of the church and who really have a, have a grace. I think all of us are prayers. All of us have to be praying, but they just seem to have a grace to pray more than an ordinary person. And a leader is one such person who's walked in learning to pray, in building the prayer muscle and really work, walking out a pattern of intercessory prayer. So we asked her to share a little bit of her journey um, with us this morning. If you are one of our prayer warriors, can I also just take a moment to say thank you so much. You have no idea how much as a pastor of this congregation, uh, myself and the eldership team value your prayers. We uh, go through some seasons where we really just feel like we're being carried by prayer. There's situations, some of them we're facing right now, literally this last week as elders, we were just saying there's, there's two or three scenarios in front of us that just feel so big and so um, critical that we desperately need to pray. And so we're going to be doing a day of fasting and prayer just as the elders. But for all of you who are consistently bringing us before the Father, I want to say thank you. But no more from me. Here's a leader to tell you some of her story. Morning, church. Um, when I was asked about gifts of the Spirit, um, it brought to mind that sometimes we think we have to be um, this extraordinary person or uh, be able to speak well or do these amazing things. But God um, has shown me so many times in my life that um, He puts people's um, uh, lives on my heart and then we pray for them. And, and prayer is a, is a very mighty gift 
that um, I think sometimes we forget about. There's so many ways that the Bible says we should pray, and um, sometimes it's it's when we're alone in our room, sometimes it's when we do our daily things, but to intercede um, for someone or for the family of, of the church um, is something that's quite deep, and uh, it I find that it sometimes takes a little bit more. And spending time with God, I've found that just to be quiet with Him, um, he, he really speaks. And when you pray, you don't always have to use words. Um, and I've learned that just being quiet with Him, He shows stuff in your heart. And, you, and when you sit with someone and you gather as a, maybe as a group of people, with someone that's sick or someone who really needs prayer, together as, as, um, as the saints, um, as great power. And um, I think we should, as a church, use it as a very powerful gift um, in the day that we're living in. And that's a gift that I think that God has spoken in my life um, many times with. And uh, it's not something that I, that I got, that I think someone prayed for me and it just came. It's something that God placed on my heart. I think that's a wonderful gift and, and it's a very humble gift because um, uh, you can't pray for someone in your own words. And I think that's something that we need to learn is to be quiet and just hear the words of God in your life and what God puts on your heart for that person in need. Yeah, I think that's all I have to say about this gift and uh, I hope it, it, it speaks to someone's heart in this morning. Thank you. The next person on our list is not a one-hoper, but is an honorary one-hoper and needs no real introduction. This is um, the great Lex Lazidis and his wife Jo, although she's not on the video, that would have made it substantially better if she was. Um, we have this, this running um, nonsense going on, him and I. But Lex, I know from knowing him for a long time, has been powerfully used in the area of seeing people healed. Uh, many people have testified to being prayed for and having their bodies physically healed. And so I reached out to him and asked him in his way, he's very quirky as you'll see in the video, just to help us understand some of this gift and understand some of how he's begun to walk in this gift over a period of years. Hey everyone, my name's Lex Loisides, I'm from Jubilee. And uh, I was asked to speak on the gift of healing. Um, and I've got a list of questions here, in fact, which I'm going to address right now. Um, what's my gift? Well, I don't think the gift of healing is a gift that you kind of carry with you as such, but I think it's a gift that happens in response to prayer. So I think it's, I do acknowledge that there are certain people who have moved forward in this area of gifting, but I think it's a, when it talks about it in 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts of, he, gifts of healings, uh, that seems to suggest you know, moments where people are healed, that's the gift. Um, how did I know I had this gift, I was operating in this gift? Through trial and error. You know, Jesus said, ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock on the door will be opened. I think sometimes we think, well, yeah, but when you ask, you don't always receive. When you seek, you don't always find. And when you knock, the door just stays shut sometimes. I've tried to lean toward the, the faith that's in the promises that Jesus makes ask you will receive I'm kind of almost trying to say let's let's go with believing God uh, in the in these promises um, what's been helpful same thing trial and error keep praying for folk you know keep praying people are suffering they need to be prayed for and we're not making claims that we can do things that we can't do uh, we're not taking the place of medical professionals but 
people are suffering, they're asking for prayer, pray in faith and trust God. Um, practical examples, uh, I didn't think of this one. Um, yeah, I mean, it is a wonderful thing. I remember one guy in Edinburgh who had <clears throat> slipped a couple of discs, moving heavy stones in his garden and he was prayed for. And I said, so what, you know, I didn't know exactly what the problem was. He only told me afterwards, you know, what, how does it feel? What can you do now that you couldn't? And he's bending up and down and bending up and down. And he was wonderfully healed. Um, so these things do, do happen. Um, uh, what would you say to someone who thinks they may have the same gift? Uh, <laughs> doubts you have had to overcome around and go, oh, well, one of these problems is that people think, well, who do you think you are? And you think to yourself, who do, who do I think I am? Um, that, that, that people should be, that some kind of miracle should happen or that some kind of amazing supernatural intervention ought to happen just because I'm the one that's praying or you've got to get over that and you've got to think we're here to serve others. These gifts are given for the common good and that's what we need to do. Anything else you want to share around the gift? Um, no, pray for those who need help. Trust God. Uh, don't make bold claims that is beyond your faith. Don't wrestle with yourself too much to have I got faith for this or that. Forget it. It's Christ who can stretch out his hand, touch people and release them from their suffering in whichever way. So look to him and be very sensitive as you deal with others. One of the things I love so much from that video is just Lex being so honest around the trial and error and how we need to just take the pressure off us of feeling like this is, you know, the moment where we have to get everything absolutely right and just the sensitivity to be thoughtful of where people are suffering and just to feel that empathy in our hearts to go, Jesus, you see this person suffering. I don't know. I'm not sure whether I can pray and this person will be healed, but let's give it a go. Let's trust you to do the impossible because that's what you do, Jesus. And I just love how strongly that comes through in Lex's testimony. Um, Bates, one of our elders here at One Hope, is going to share on evangelism. And we've seen a fruitfulness in Bates's life in training others in particular in evangelism. And so we asked him to share some of what he's experienced. And I think I was quite amazed when I watched these two testimonies that there's quite a lot of crossover between what Lex was saying and what Bates was saying around just giving it a go and learning and the, and the place of prayer in our gifts. So this is Bates to share on evangelism. So I'd say one of the gifts of the Spirit that I've operated in most would be uh, the gift of evangelism. How did you know you had the gift? When I thought that everyone else should be able to do it as well. <laughs> no, um, you know, God's really given me a heart for the outsider and to really include others and have an eye for, for outsiders. And you know, I just can't help but have my thoughts inclined towards those in my circles and around me who don't love Jesus and how can I have opportunities and make opportunities and be intentional to have deep and meaningful conversations that lead to spiritual conversations or at least build relationships that could lead to spiritual conversations. And so, yeah, when I realized that not everyone's like this all the time, then I thought, hey, maybe this is actually a, a natural gift that God's elevated by His Spirit to actually be a Spirit-empowering gift. And then also I think something that confirmed it, especially with the gift of evangelism, it is an equipping gift also towards the church along with a few others and yeah i've just had opportunities to equip several others in evangelism and see them benefit and thrive in that so i think that's kind of confirmed it um, for me what has been helpful in growing your gift 
most helpful thing, honestly, and it's in all of Christianity, is prayer. Um, just praying particularly and intentionally for one or two people in my life who I know don't love Jesus, but I get into interact with frequently. And just frequently doing that, that's been by far the biggest uh, strengthener. And then I'd say second would be having accountability uh, with trusted people. For me, it's my discipleship group uh, around people I'm praying for and reaching out to. And um, as they hold me to account, it just encourages me to be more intentional with my daily living around those who don't love Jesus. How does your gift build up the body of Christ? Uh, particularly evangelism, I would say, is an encouragement kind of gift. So uh, because it's outward focused, um, it's kind of seeing God at work in a very tangible way in others' lives, seeing them come into the kingdom. So that's probably one of the biggest ways it builds up the churches, is an encouragement to God is alive and active and he is still, still saving people today. And he's using us mere fragile, you know, fraught uh, <laughs> mortals to do that, empowered by his spirit. Uh, do you have any practical examples or testimonies of using the gift? So two of them uh, from this year. The one is uh, one of the greatest delights of this year for me is the journey I've shared before with Silver when we walked on the mountain together. Many of you know the story and we got the opportunity or I got the opportunity to share the gospel with him and lead him across the line of faith to become a follower of Jesus. And that was just incredibly special to see what God's done in Silver's life subsequently. It's amazing. And then, yeah, I had an awesome opportunity with a lot of my work colleagues uh, a few months ago as we came together, uh, which we don't do often in a remote team, but as we came together to have just loads of awesome uh, conversations and intentional conversations around faith and Jesus. What would you say to someone who thinks they may have the same gift? I would say, test it out. <laughs> How do you do that? Uh, I, I would say again, like I said earlier, make a list, maybe two people, and pray for them day after day after day. Every morning, it doesn't have to be forever, but Jesus, would you give me an opportunity to tell this person, to share your love with this person, to tell them about you? And then when you have interactions, be intentional, um, not like weird, but just intentional to really take the gaps where there's opportunity for deeper conversations, ask slightly deeper questions, probe a little bit, build a relationship, and uh, when God gives you the opportunity, obey and share Jesus with him. Um, yeah, it sounds like a lot of instructions, but it truly is. You've got to practice to, to get better. It's the same with the gifts. You practice them just like we go to the gym to get stronger. It's the same with the gifts. As we practice them more, we grow in experience and the Spirit really empowers us in it. Are there any doubts you have had to overcome around the gift? Certainly. I think the main one, especially with evangelism, is where I haven't seen loads of people coming to faith uh, through my sharing and through my evangelism, um, especially this year. And so, yeah, that kind of doubts do creep in there, um, definitely. Um, but yeah, God is just so good and faithful that he just reminds me through little conversations I get to have even today um, in some workspaces that he still wants to use me in this way uh, to share his gospel with others. Yeah, the big thing is God's called all of us as Christ followers to evangelism. Uh, the gift of evangelism, particularly in scripture, is actually more of an equipping gift towards the church. So to encourage and coach and teach others and how to share their faith and to encourage them to share their faith. Um, but I would, that would be my biggest thing, guys. All of us, uh, God's called all of us to make disciples of all nations and his spirit will empower us to do that. So take a risk, uh, build that relationship, however long or slow that takes uh, and, and take the, the gaps when they come. 
to, to share uh, Jesus. Man, that's one of the most exciting things you can do as a Christ follower. See those who don't know him come to know him and grow in him. It, it, it makes it all. Oh man, that's one of the most exciting things. That's like adrenaline of Christianity. It's amazing. And so yeah, that, that's the last thing I would say around the gift of evangelism. There's only two more testimonies to go and we've saved some of the best for last. Usually this man is behind the camera, but today, again, two weeks in a row, this must be a record. I've managed to get Charlie, uh, often called Shaul, although we call him Charlie to help distinguish him on the staff, to this side of the camera. And this is a guy who models serving the church of Jesus with joy. I have not worked, I don't think, with very many people who are able to put up with the kind of pressures, the hours, the demands, the unusual nature of media and streaming and things going wrong. And there's so many demons in technology, it's unbelievable. And Shaul, through it all, seems to carry a smile, brings a team through behind him with Beth and Jakobus and, and others who seem to carry the same kind of serving spirit. And so we asked him to speak about this gift of serving. And I loved his response because he, he didn't really know that he had a gift of serving. Um, and it's sometimes one of the, the, the easiest ways to recognize a gift is that something just feels so easy to us. It just feels like, like breathing. And that's often a good indicator of something that God has put in us that not everyone in the church is carrying. Good morning, One Hope. Today I'm talking about the gift of service. Um, Earlier this week, I was talking to some friends and they asked me, what do I love about the local church? And one of my answers was to serve um, in a community of friends and to do things that give meaning to my life and um, that has deeper spiritual significance. Um, and shortly after that, we were talking about um, the spiritual gifts and um, friends pointed out that I have this gift of service. Um, to be honest, I didn't actually know that there was a gift of service. Often when you read through these lists, um, the bigger ones are the ones that stand out and um, something like service can just go unnoticed. Um, yeah, the more that I thought about it, the more, that, more I realized that this is actually a pattern um, that's been evident in my life. And... I'm really grateful to have trusted friends who can see, see these things. I just love to serve in the church and I didn't think much about it. I kind of thought, well, why doesn't other people feel that way as well? Um, and I think a part of how this gift was established in my life was early on in One Hope when I was part of a life group where the leaders really encouraged us to um, serve on Sundays uh, with setup as a way of building community as a way of giving back and as a way of um, building friendships. And I really valued it as, as that. And later when I started um, volunteering um, with my more specific skills in terms of media and um, design and, and later joined the staff, um, I didn't, uh, I carried the same kind of mentality forward. Um, and it's it's not always easy. It's not always fun. Um, it's sometimes very inconvenient, um, but it's such a nice and fulfilling way to um, be part of this community and to build up and to make great friendships. I've really cherished the opportunity to train fellow team members and help them um, grow in using their skills to serve the body of Christ. 
it's been so encouraging to receive um, special notes from some of these people saying how this um, opportunity to serve has been such a blessing to them and how um, what we've learned together um, and what I've been able to share with them has been such an area of growth for them and has been an opportunity for them to use their skills and to learn new things. So it's just a kind of gift that is a blessing to others, but in return, it's a blessing to myself as well. Another area where I've had the privilege to be able to serve is, has been as a life group leader over the past few years. And I've been doing this for a while, so it has had its ups and downs, but it's such a blessing to see community grow, to see friendship grow, friendships grow, and to see how this makes an impact in people's lives. This week we were discussing J.D. Greer's Ephesians series on Right Now Media and um, the section on spiritual gifts specifically, and he gave three very helpful pointers in how to identify your spiritual gifts. He said that your spiritual gift is where your ability meets your affinity and affirmation. So basically what this means is to, to identify your spiritual gifts, you can look at your ability, um, what you're good at, what your skills are. You can look at your affinity, what you're passionate about, and you can look at things that other people affirm in your life. So for me, that's just such a beautiful picture of how it's important to practice spiritual gifts in the body and in community, because if you have people around you, they can affirm these things in you. In closing, I'd just like to share a scripture that I think applies to all gifts, and it's something that I found this week as I started looking at the idea of this gift more. Um, 1 Peter 4 verse 10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And then lastly this morning, one of um, the delights of the last seven years of us leading in this congregation has been a um, introduction and getting to know Michelle Hales. This woman has the most wonderful heart for Jesus and for people around her. And um, she frequently operates in the gift of acts of mercy. And so we asked her to share with us some of her learnings. And I just found this testimony so personally encouraging um, as she speaks about how God came into her brokenness and walked with her and allows her to then walk alongside other people and it's opened her eyes and it's just a wonderful reminder of how suffering, even these terrible moments in our life, can actually be the very thing that God uses to unlock fresh gifts in us and help us see the world in more Christ-like ways. And so here's Michelle to share around acts of mercy. Good morning One Hope. I'm really blessed that Paul came and asked me to share on the gifts of the Spirit, specifically um, acts of mercy. So it was a bit of a surprise for me because it's not something I really identified in myself. But um, when I look back, I can definitely see the thread that um, Jesus has woven into my life and he's definitely done a work. Um, so I think the first thing um, I would say is that you have to identify your gift. So mercy, you've got to understand what mercy is and you've got to receive it for yourself. I can remember a definition years ago hearing somebody preach on it and they gave the definition of grace and mercy. 
and grace being given unto us a gift that we don't deserve. Um, so I understood that, that eternal life is given as a gracious gift, um, that we receive it um, and it's ours and we don't deserve it. So I could get that, but the mercy was always a little bit difficult for me. So um, mercy being we don't get what we deserve um, and thinking that we haven't broken the Ten Commandments and we're not a murderer. So it's difficult to understand that mercy. So um, recognizing what mercy is is the first step. And then secondly, receiving it for yourself. So um, understanding it that we need mercy. And I think that journey for me was, was definitely through my divorce 15 years ago. Um, being quite a self-righteous person and, and looking down on divorced people and being a bit judgmental. And then seeing the Creator God coming alongside me and walking through a journey, through a, a valley of the shadow of death. Um, through something that he hates and yet remaining faithful, gracious, loving, gentle, kind, um, not denying himself and walking me through um, something which he absolutely hates. So I think that was my revelation of mercy. Um, and then once I've received that, now I'm able to share it. So I, unless I understand it for myself, I can't share it with others. So walking through life, we see so much around us and so much brokenness that it's, you, you can get overwhelmed and you feel like you can't change it all. But I think then you remember that it's God in us. We, can't, we can only do what we're equipped to do um, and to do the little bit. So, so walking, I always try and put myself into people's stories. Um, I do it when I read the Bible as well. I read a story and I see who am I in that story. And I think the greatest story of mercy is the walk from Gethsemane to Golgotha, that, that walk, that journey, that journey that Jesus walked for us. Um, such, a, such a lesson of mercy. Every step was just a step of mercy for mankind. Um, so I try and put myself into people's situations and see where they're coming from. And it definitely does stir up compassion, love, giving, um, but by the grace of God. So if we stop and realize that any gift that's given to us is given by the grace of God and it's the Creator, the Creator is sharing a gift with you. So um, it's like, you know, you can get a gift from a buddy and you can play in the dirt with your gift with your buddy, but when your dad or your mom gives you a precious gift, you actually treat it with respect and you've got a responsibility to take care of that gift and, and to share it the way that they would share it. Um, take your gift, use it responsibly. Um, if you don't know how to use it, <laughs> go to the one that gave it to you. Um, he's a good God, he's a gracious God, and he walks us through all of this. So he'll show us and we'll slip up and he'll fix it and he's a good God. So thank you for the opportunity of sharing. Have a blessed day. So one hope that's where we end this morning. I want to thank you again for joining us. My our prayer as we um, are sending this video out this weekend is really that it would practically be used by God to stir up gifts in one hope. We need to see, and we're going to look at this again on the 10th of October, we need to see a huge 
uprising, I don't know if that's the right word, but an increase in spirit gifts. And I think that some of what's happened is that we've so begun to focus on some of the more dramatic gifts, the healing, the tongues, the prophecy, and those are wonderful gifts. And I never want to downplay those gifts, but I think that many of us have lost confidence in just the ordinary everyday gifts that God has given to His church. And so because we've lost confidence in them, we don't feel that we need to bring them to the church. We feel like the church is fine whether we bring them or not. Like, what does it matter if I'm there? What does it matter if I contribute on a Sunday or a Wednesday or a Thursday or in a Serve Stelly's initiative or whatever it might be? And actually, I feel like God wants to come and remind us practically stir us. These are, these are muscle building things that we have to do. This is not just something we sit and wait for. This is where we press into prayer. We press into devotion. We, we ask God. We ask others around us. We give opportunity for the gifts. We celebrate them. We encourage them. We, we blow wind over these things and we ask the Spirit to release them in our midst. And so that's the heart of this morning, that we would practically be stirred by these testimonies, that each of us would be saying, Lord, what is it that I am supposed to be bringing to one hope? In the power of your spirit, what is it that I'm supposed to be encouraging that person, praying for that person, praying for healing for that person, bringing a teaching gift or a preaching gift or whatever it may be? Guys, God bless you. Let's think on these things and we'll see you on the 10th of October. I can't wait to see you guys. Let's come and gather and make a big noise for Jesus on that day.